0: Chapter 48 There is no hope then The demon stopped its assault on the Hessian bag The sack had a rip in it Out of which protruded a thigh bone Like an obscene and oversized splinter Its end snapped off Leaving a ragged sharp point The demon looked at me White dots flickered violently inside her bulging eyes, reminding me of hailstones rattling against a window. Only, of course, there was no sound except the breathing of the creature before me. Gradually the storm in her eyes subsided, but the creature remained silent and watchful for a moment longer. Finally, she spoke. You clearly know nothing about this place. Where we are now is only one small fraction of Melchirish's realm. If you turn around and look you'll see low hills on the horizon. I turned and looked. I see them. See anything else? A long low cloud, like a faint smudge just above the hills. That is the smoke above the centre of Drishika. That's where all the fun stuff happens. Treadmills, rape tournaments, fire and brimstone dookings, skin peelings, torture markets, and of course, all the commercial transactions that you get at any fun fair anywhere. It is a great, vibrant hubbub of violence and vulture capitalism with real vultures. Well, harpies. The demon smiled. What has any of this to do with the butterfly? I asked. A few white dots flickered across the demon's eyes. The land circling Drishika is called the Back of Beyond. And beyond the Back of Beyond is Marcia Spino. The thorn marches. That's where we are now the land that borders on to the harrowing hedge. I turned back to face the demon. She was smiling a smug smile. What is the harrowing hedge? A massive thorny thicket, 50 feet high, maybe more. Depends what part of it you're at. It separates Trishika from paradise, stops things moving between the two. At least that's the idea. But there are places in the hedge where the thorns are less tightly bound together. There are little gaps. A petal might drift through, or an insect like the butterfly you saw. Sometimes it is a trace of a scent of summer that seeps through, or the autumn. Sometimes it's just a whisper of sound, laughter, or singing. The demon shuddered. Her expression changed. But I could not make out what it meant. But nothing lasts from there in here. It dies or withers or fades and returns to where it came from. I thought of the butterfly crushed under Captain Errol's boot. Is that why it's called the Harrowing Hedge? Because it allows glimpses of paradise. The demon's face crunched up. Her great eyes briefly sucked into her skull. She ran a claw over her scaly belly. No, she said as her face relaxed into a thoughtful pose. That is not the explanation for its name. The creature closed her mouth, in her grey eyes little yellow dots appeared and slowly swirled. The creature remained silent. I did not prompt her though, for I sensed that any revelation would only be made when the creature chose to make it. It is called the Harrowing Hedge, she said, because it is a dangerous and a deceitful place to approach. It carries the hope of escape, but anyone that gets too near will suffer for it. Awful images will fill your head, harrowing and savage images. And not just images, but sounds, scents, even tastes and touch. You'll be immersed in the worst nightmare imaginable. Images that will dig into your mind like a thorn into your flesh and stay there. The demon stopped talking and folded her arms across her torso as she bent slightly, her breathing shallow and hard. She looked drained, utterly exhausted. Keep away from it, she said. It's a snare for fools. Yet people do try and get to it. Is that not so? They do. It's a belief. That the hedge can be traversed. That it is just possible to climb through it to the other side. To the divine earth. This is the divine earth as much as over there. To paradise then. So it is said. But it is a trap. The demon paused, took a breath and straightened up. Her arms were at her side now, her fists clenched, her face flushed with anger. Less than one in a million get anywhere near to the harrowing hedge. The evil fox catch them, catch them and kill them and rend them into meat and bone. But even death is no escape. The souls of the slaughtered are inserted into bodies freshly recycled from the remains of old bodies. As for the few, the one in a million, who actually get close to the hedge, the vast majority end up insane, screaming and tearing at their own flesh. Can nothing help them? If they can endure the pictures flashing and banging inside their skull like Bedlam's Bell, then they can still try for the hedge, run for it before the madness cripples them. But even then, They will more than likely end up snared inside that monstrous plant ripped by thorns and riven by foul dreams there is no hope then oh there is always hope even here if you can crawl away from the hedge then there's a good chance a demon will find you and take you to melchirisha he will take away the pain cleanse your mind but only if you sign up to become a demon. The anger had left her face. Now the demon stood with her chin sticking out, a proud and defiant pose. What thoughts did you suffer? I asked quietly. I cannot remember. Melchorisha removed them and warned me to stay clear of the harrowing hedge, for if the pain returns a second time, There is no power in his realm that can remove it. The demon smiled. There, I have spoke out. Now it is your turn. I can see you are a visitor here. She nodded at the red ribbon spilling from my hand. You're not the first fool who thought they could leave as easily as they arrived. Well, it's your journey and your loss. Doubtless you'll end up like most of them, as a gibbering exhibit stamped folly. What do you seek, I wonder? Profound truths? Blowjobs from divine virgins? adventure and wealth beyond imagining. I am looking for my wife. Oh! The demon looked momentarily surprised, but quickly returned to her chatty self. And what sins did your spouse commit? Did she offend the great divinities? No, she was a very pious woman. Pious? Are you sure she is here? I am sure of nothing, but I fear she may be, in which case I intend to help her escape. The demon leaned towards me, chewing on her pale green lips thoughtfully. The pious usually get away with quite a lot, which would suggest that she must have committed some pretty huge sins to end up here, let me guess. Murder, massive financial embezzlement, utilising the technology of alien abominations, genocide, cheating at cards. I don't think she ever cheated at cards, I said. Bright colours flashed across the demon's eyes like fireworks at a festival as she hooted with laughter. (laughs) If she was such an awful sinner, she said, why do you care about her so? Tears pricked my eyes as I spoke. My wife had an incredible capacity for love and empathy and goodness. I see, that sounds like a lovely funeral oration. She had no funeral No funeral? Now that is very bad. It was politically impossible. The demon's eyes were pale orbs once more. May I ask the name of this mass-murdering, love-giving wife of yours? Numa. The creature prodded one of the sacks with a cloven hoof, considered the protruding bone, After a minute or so of reflection, the creature looked at me again. That explains a lot, she said. You know, Numa? I asked, my voice shaking, my hands trembling. You've seen her? The looker with the blue hood and cape combo. Oh yes, I've seen her. Glimpsed her briefly. Many have. None of us have managed to catch her yet. The demon paused for a moment, her eyes now black as ebony. Captain Errol has been trying to catch her for a long time. He hates her with a passion and a violence. When he speaks of her, foam spits from his mouth. And now, curiously, her poor husband is standing in front of me, trembling with shock thanks for listening to this the latest episode of Marcus Marcus in the Hurting Heart if you've enjoyed it tell your friends tell your family tell your ancient enemies it's a lovely way to celebrate the festive season with gore and death and all that kind of stuff. Um, Please stay tuned for future episodes. If you like the podcast and you want to support my work, well, you can donate the price of a coffee. The details are in the notes. Um, And mind look after yourself and look after those around you. Keep your distance, wash your hands thoroughly and wear your face mask.